Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Welcome back to the podcast. Saul Marquez here, and I have the true pleasure of having today's guest on the show. His name is Sean Lane. He's the CEO at Olive AI. Sean's a lifelong technologist who grew up in a small rural town in Ohio and started his career in the U.S. intelligence community, holding leadership positions in the Department of Defense and the National Security Agency. Sean served five combat tours in Iraq and Afghanistan and was awarded the Defense Meritorious Service Medal and Bronze Star Medal for his service. After government service, Sean started his life as an entrepreneur and has since founded several technology companies dealing with big data, advanced analytics, entity resolution, and most recently, artificial intelligence. He's raised over 70 million in venture capital, is a leading expert in applying AI in healthcare. He's a graduate of Miami University, which is where I went to, <laughs> and also an honorary doctorate of public service from the University of Rio Grande, and was previously named Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year. So a lot of accolades here, a lot of great things going on. So it's a privilege to have you on the podcast, Sean. Thanks for joining. Thanks, Saul. It's a pleasure to be here. Hey, so uh, Sean, you've done a lot in your life and, uh, you know, appreciate your service and, and all the things that you've done for the country and, and now, you know, the work that you're doing in healthcare. What is it that made you get into this sector of healthcare? Well, thanks. I appreciate it. So I was, it was around 2011. I had just uh, sold my last company and living, in, I was living in Baltimore, Maryland, really looking at what to get into next. You know, I had started to invest in startups and was creating a few technology companies, mostly centered around the world I knew, which was defense. And then my hometown, which is, again, a small rural town in southeastern Ohio, was having a pretty acute problem with prescription drug abuse. And, uh, you know, I had friends and family that were affected by that problem. So I really wanted to do something to help. And just given my you know, technology and intelligence background, I started to think about solutions I got in contact with the CEO of the local health system there in my hometown. And that's really when I started to look at healthcare. And that healthcare system let me kind of look at their data systems and look at their uh, health information systems they were using. And the takeaway I had initially was, whoa, you guys don't have the internet. Healthcare doesn't have the internet. Nothing's connected. No data is being shared. You don't even really know who a patient is across different organizations. So it became a mission of mine back in 2012 to build the internet of healthcare, to try to connect everything together. And that's really what ultimately led to where we are today with all of, which is creating this layer of artificial intelligence that one day we'll be able to connect everything together. Very cool. Very cool. I love that. And uh, yeah, it was just organic. You found a way to give back to your community and your skills and talents just uh, dovetailed nicely into it. Give us an example of how you've done things differently and created results. Yeah, so uh, when you look at things like connectivity and interconnectivity in healthcare, a lot of focus goes into homogenizing kind of the data flows behind the scenes and the system's APIs and how connectivity can occur between different pieces of software. And we've never really, even though that's been our focus, we've never done that very well in healthcare. And we took a little bit of a different approach to it at all. We said, what if we could create a software robot that could log into any piece of software, just like a human would? and take on tasks that a human would typically perform. We found that there was a lot of repetitive 
kind of high volume tasks that were being done at really high mm-hmm. costs, especially in the billing and financial side of healthcare, administrative side. And, you know, what we, the kind of different orthogonal approach we took to it was if we can create a software robot that can take over these tasks, we can A, reduce a lot of the cost of healthcare, but B, we can start to allow these bots to create connections with each other in ways that just software alone could never do. So it's almost like creating a software user and then allowing the software users to share data between each other to really overcome a lot of the boundaries between software that exists today. Yeah, that's a really neat idea. And I know that one of the very common misconceptions of AI and empowering bots to take on repetitive tasks is that, hey, it's going to take my job. From my angle, couldn't be further from the truth. But I, I mean, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on, on that are. Yeah, there's just a couple of things. I mean, if you look at history, that's never proven to be the truth, right? I mean, there's been a lot of advancements or times in history where uh, technology has been used to scale humans. That's kind of the, the lingo we use around here. Scaling humans is essentially getting more out of the human workforce and allowing technology to enable people to accomplish things they never could before. And that's always been the case throughout history, whether it be you know the wheel or the printing press or the combustion engine um, or the internet, personal computers. It's always introduced this technology that allowed humans to do things that they never thought possible. The same thing will happen with AI and healthcare. It'll free up the humans. It'll take the robot out of the human and allow the human to spend more time doing things that are uniquely positioned for them. So I think the only way for us to achieve some of the moonshots that we have thought about with healthcare, like interoperability, like curing rare diseases and introducing new drugs more quickly, those things can only be done by the introduction of a scaling technology. And I think AI is that technology. So what we'll find is new positions will be created as a result of this. In fact, it will probably increase employment in healthcare versus decrease it. Love that. Yeah, I think it's a great call out. So as you build out different use cases for the technology, I'm sure you've run into some some issues. Can you share maybe a setback that you had, what you learned from it? I feel like we learn more from those things than the good stuff. Well, you know, when we first started looking at software robots doing jobs in healthcare, our aperture was very wide, right? So there's so many different tasks within healthcare. There's so many different ways to apply this technology. And it becomes an issue of Where do you want to start and where do you want to focus? So in the beginning, we were very wide in our aperture. We really looked at a lot of different departments and and places within the healthcare system that we could apply this technology, and some were better than others. And when we applied this to some lower volume tasks or things that were not necessarily equipped or there wasn't a lot of human data to train the AI system, uh, we didn't find as good as results. When we really focused in the high volume, repetitive tasks that humans have been doing where there's a lot of historical data to train AI systems, we found a lot of success. So mistakes early on were basically trying to boil the ocean with the technology versus finding the, the first immediate impact and where we can have the highest, the highest effects of really introducing this new technology into the operations of everyday you know, healthcare. Yeah, I think that's, that's interesting. And so as you guys boil down to the things that you wanted to niche down to, you've had more traction And so what would you say today with some of that traction is one of the most proud things that you've achieved at at Olive? Yeah, that's a great question. So there are many situations now, many examples of where Olive has gone in as a digital employee, as another colleague into these organizations, specifically in RevCycle, 
and has freed up the humans to do things that they've never had the time or just hours in the day to do. So hearing from them and hearing them that they would not go back to the old way, that if they had to go back to the old way, they would quit. <laughs> Those kinds of things are, are really yeah. good for us because it's not just saving money for the health system. It is increasing and improving the quality of life of the workers. So instead of sitting in front of their computers and acting like robots, they can use their skills to do things that they've always wanted to do and just never could. And constantly we're hearing those stories across different healthcare organizations that have adopted it. So that's probably the thing that um, we're most proud of is really mm -hmm. providing tangible asset to them that they can rely on every single day. They can lean on every single day to make sure that these jobs are getting done and getting done consistently. Love it. How about today? What's an exciting project or focus that you're working on? Well, so today we, we have built this really amazing platform upon which we build the olives. Building an AI bot, building a software robot that can go in and learn the tasks of, of hospitals and, and be able to replicate those is not necessarily easy, right? <laughs> so we've built this really incredible yeah. platform that allows us to do that. And now we're making advances in that platform that allow us to build olives much more quickly, much more efficiently. And not only has that allowed us to proliferate olive into healthcare at a, at a much higher velocity, it's also allowed us to open up that platform to others who want to build upon it. So it won't just be olive building olives. It will be any organization that uses our platform could build their own olives. And that exponentially has an impact on the digital workforce that will soon be you know, a large majority of what's happening in healthcare today. So why did you go with the name Olive? You know, we were brainstorming names for this robot. We wanted it to accomplish a couple things. We wanted it to have a female name because a lot of healthcare is dominated by female leadership. So we really wanted Olive to come with that credibility from the beginning. We wanted it to be something that was a thing and a person's name. Kind of AI is human-esque, but also technology. We also wanted it to, it had the word live in it, which we thought was important for healthcare. The icon stands alone pretty well. And it's a one word fruit, kind of like Apple, which we thought was neat. <laughs> I love that. I love that. No, that's really good. I uh, appreciate you sharing that. And so it sounds like it's a mixture, right? So you, you, you guys will, can take a client by the hand, start to finish, or now with the power of the platform, somebody that's a little more advanced and wants to get their, you know, roll up their sleeves, they could go and create olives, as you call them, the bots to do the work by themselves for their own organization. Yeah, that's exactly right. And we're, we're really excited about the, again, the exponential power that has in bringing olives to the world. I mean, we, we may be able to build thousands of olives here in 2019, but with our partners, we could build tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands. Super exciting, man. Well, keep up the great work. I know uh, the listeners are probably like, hmm, so this olive thing and how can it help? Let's help the listeners uh, uh, take action. So who typically within the organization would be working with putting these olives together and what's a typical use case so that the listeners could take our conversation today and say, hmm, let me send this podcast over to so-and-so. Right. So we're 100% focused in healthcare and it's not just hospitals and providers, but it's also healthcare companies, companies that are doing any high volume work on behalf of, behalf of payers or hospitals or you know, revenue cycle, things like that. So if you're in healthcare, then it's probably relevant to you. Typically, it's in the finance or rev cycle areas in healthcare. And usually like the VP of rev cycle, the CFO, 
director of patient financial services. Those are the folks who are the most keenly interested in what we can bring to bear immediately. And we've also had a lot of great relationships with CIOs and CTOs and organizations in both the provider setting and the non-provider setting. So if you're in one of those and you know those names or those positions, that would be who you'd want to forward it to. And we can come and do demos and provide you kind of a roadmap of, of how to be successful with AI and, and specifically with all of Outstanding. That's really helpful. So really appreciate you making it a little more granular, Sean. That way we could uh, encourage folks looking to make a difference in their organization on the financial aspects, uh, as well as empowering their people, you know, exactly who they are. So getting close to the end of the podcast here, let's pretend you and I are, are building a course on what it takes to be successful with AI and healthcare. It's a syllabus with some lightning round questions followed by a book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? The best way is to allow resources to be focused in the things that can drive the most results to patient care. And to do that, you need to free up resources by allowing automation to take over a lot of the repetitive tasks that you're currently doing. That will then free up resources to focus on a lot of the outcomes in the patient care. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? The thing to avoid is trying to homogenize all the data behind the scenes. It's a task that didn't quite bear fruit when it has been tried in the past. The easiest way to overcome interoperability is using automation on the front end. And it's really one of those things that a lot of people fall in the trap of. But with automation and and with Olive specifically, you can overcome interoperability very easily. How do you stay relevant despite constant change? I think for us, we like to talk to our customers about being on the forefront of the adoption of this technology. Most people can understand that this is inevitable and it's happening. The question is, how do you want to create a roadmap that shows instant traction with you and your leadership team so that you can have wins inside the organization immediately to know that this is an actual technology that needs to be adopted and implemented operationally and not just something that's smoke and mirrors. So it's really important to start with something easy, get the quick wins, and then start proliferating through your organization. Love that. What's one area of focus that drives everything in your organization, Sean? We focus on the platform pretty holistically because we want to make sure that it becomes easy, efficient, and effective to grow Olive, to build the digital workforce of healthcare's future. To do that, we need to make a platform that can handle a myriad of tasks and that can be used by pretty much anyone in healthcare to build this digital workforce. What's your number one success habit? I would say it starts in the morning. Mornings are super important to me. So spending a, you know, an hour of my own time is really a, an important habit for myself. Spending that time to focus, to get the day set, and then having everything else be very, very calculated where I spend my time. Time is the only asset that you cannot get more of. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that is the one you have to manage the most with the most uh, precision. So spending as much time as possible meeting with actual humans and not spending my time during the day working behind a computer. Love that. What book would you recommend to the listeners? My current one is High Growth Handbook. Love that, Elad Gill. He did a lot of interviews with um, executives and entrepreneurs that have been part of high growth companies. And it's a very tactical, very pragmatic approach to growth and one that has truly been missing. There's a lot of founders and startups books. There's a lot of big company management leadership books. But I think Elot has really laid out through his interviews some really good strategies and tactics for folks that are taking companies from, call it 10 to 100 million. 
Love it. What a great recommendation. Folks, you could find all of these things on the website in the show notes. Just go to outcomesrocket.health and in the search bar, type in Olive or type in Sean Lane and uh, you'll see this episode pop up. You'll see everything, get to play it again. It's the place to go for all of these things. Sean, this has been fun. I'd love if you could just leave us with a closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could get in touch with or follow you. Thanks, all. It's been fun. The thing I'll leave you with is automation is here and automation is definitely a part of the future. If you work in a healthcare organization, whether you're a provider or work in a company that's not a provider, you will have a digital workforce. So it's imperative that you figure out how to start doing that today, how to start bringing that on board. And you'll find that that's going to change completely the resource allocation of your organization. Love it. And for more information, and if they want to get in touch, where do they go? Yeah, just go to olivei.com. You can also add me on LinkedIn and reach out to me directly there. And there's so many resources at olivei.com. You can also go to olivequarterly.com, which is our quarterly publication, which basically tells you everything that we're doing. Love it. What a great place to go for more info, listeners. So make sure you do that. This is a great opportunity for if you're looking to apply AI in a quick way, take a look at what Olive's up to because there's definitely something there in your rev cycle that they could help you with instantly. So again, Sean, I want to thank you for your time. Looking forward to staying in touch with you. Thanks, Saul. Appreciate it. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more. 